My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Yay! We have had quite a week, Nicole. Holy <laughs> crud, everybody. Should we just dive into Stitches? Because yes. this is going to be a long podcast. We it's have gonna a lot to do. It's going to be a very long episode. Um, so let's dive into our Stitches because okay. your Stitch is insane. <laughs> Guys, oh my gosh. Insane. Uh, I'm not going to dive into too much, but just know hospitals are... Not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my hubs had a scare. He had um, two back-to-back seizures. Mm-hmm. And I can say his age. He's 41. He doesn't care. But we had to go to the ER. He was at the urgent care. We thought it was like he was having some severe back pains and shoulder pains. And I had to witness him keel over. Yeah. Hit his head on the ground. It and is the scariest have a thing seizure. in the world, Nicole. Yeah. I've never. Yeah. I, I so don't ever want to. Seizures that. are new to him, but we found out yes. that it was something that, you know, he was born with and then it just Supposedly, hadn't ever happened. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the neurologist said it, it, something with his brain. We had tons of tests done. It was. It's, yeah. It's been insane. So we don't know for sure. They said it's something genetic, but that's just still hard to believe because he, his age that shouldn't be happening like yeah it should have happened when he was in his 20s or 30s or even younger yeah Yeah. so we're gonna get another uh neurologist to come in and examine him but man it's been insane guys dude so crazy yeah I you know I tried to do and can I just say Nicole is a superwoman no like the way that you handled this and I was trying so hard to help and she's like no I got it figured out and she and her husband maintained a positive attitude the whole time they were cracking jokes the only way to handle stuff like that (laughs) I love that you handle it with humor and grace and I'm in awe of how strong you are <laughs> and how you were able to like handle everything. Yeah. I was talking to my husband about it. I'm like, I would have forgotten about the kids at school. I would have been like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It I'd was insane had people though. been like, can I pick up your kids? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> no. So. Yeah. But you know, we're on the men, thankfully. Uh, no seizures. Thankfully he's on anti-seizure medicine and we'll, I'll keep you guys posted on what it really is. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure this neurologist that looked at him at this hospital was like accurate. So, yeah. And it's always crazy when you're dealing with doctors in the hospital, cause they're, you know, very much factual and this is what it is. Yes. Da, da, da. They're talking fast. They're using big words and they're talking about things that are completely foreign to you, oh, but they're totally. talking like it's normal for yes. them. And you're still in shock because you just watched your husband oh, yeah. have a seizure. It was insane. And you're like, yeah. what? Huh? Yeah. Huh? And he's like, I already explained it. And right. you're like, but I yeah. no information <laughs> stuck in my brain because I'm in so much shock. I have no idea what's exactly. going on. Yeah. So, so that's frustrating to deal with doctors. Dang it, doctors. And then also. I know they're trying to help. but They're trying to help. But, but then also. They weren't listening to other symptoms that your husband had. So you had to go back. Yes. So we had to go back to the ER. They released us. He didn't want to be in a hospital. Oh, oh. And he was in a room fine by himself. And then they put another patient in that was like got shot. Oh my gosh. Really? (laughs) Yes. I I didn't know why he was in there. (laughs) So Friday he was uh, one. Yeah. the, The Friday that he was in there. 
he uh they put up another patient in this guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time apparently they're a little ghetto yeah, i can't i'm not gonna lie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he got like insane just sitting there like listening to them talk and and so he really wanted to leave friday and we did but they never gave us pain meds so saturday we had to come back to the er because they were like yeah we're in, he's in so much pain and they're like oh yeah you got some fractures in your back and your shoulder <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we're like what the heck they, they didn't even like didn't even help him with that look at before that. no oh my gosh so thankfully and like, oh and now your blood pressure is high so yeah oh yeah again like, yeah they wouldn't even let us go the day we were at the er because they're like your blood pressure is way too high we're giving you meds let's get it down and it never went down i was like yeah because he's in pain and he had seizures come on like of course yeah. he's going to have high blood pressure. Connect the dots. La, la, yeah. la. <laughs> oh, but it's been a, a, not an adventure that I care to go on. But, you know, I, I kept telling him things happen for reasons, even mm-hmm. though it's not the, the happiest, you know, outlook on life. And maybe this happened because maybe we had to look at a blood pressure issue or maybe it was like if he never had it, maybe we would have never caught certain things. You yeah. Know? So it's the worst way to do it. But I'm kind of trying to be as optimistic as I can that we're like addressing a lot of things that I love that you're looking at the positive <laughs> takeaways for this I mean yes we, he needs to slow down he needs to calm down he yes. needs to find ways to bring Zen. down and yeah 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 meditate and this is for everybody that. out there just try to chill yeah oh my gosh <laughs> holy cow <laughs> it is so important to find ways to relax yes. and bring that blood pressure down yeah because you don't want to just yeah. seize and fall on your no. face no blood pressure cortisol levels etc etc so oh. i'm gonna be doing a lot more yoga <laughs> oh. yeah <laughs> Ooh, walks lots of walks yeah so um but it will keep you updated everyone so yeah. it's been crazy yeah i i've seen him he's looking way better than i was expecting him yes. to look he's doing way better so i'm really glad for that so. yeah I'm so happy that things Ooh. are good. We had a good outcome through this crazy scare. Yes. And you are a rock star and handling oh, things no, you're so, so insanely well. I'm trying. I'm very proud of you. I'm on edge, but I'm okay. <laughs> I'm on the edge. <laughs> Way to put a song in there. Thanks. So what's got you in stitches? <laughs> okay. So the cutest thing happened yesterday. My daughter came home from school and she was just all buzzing about her math class and okay. super excited about what Youngest, happened Youngest, oldest? My oldest. Okay. So she's in sixth grade. Okay. Okay. Sixth grade. So she's in, she's in math class and they're learning some new concept and her math teacher said, tell me why. And then the whole class goes, ain't nothing but a heartache. Yes. <laughs> right? I love it. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. Oh, my gosh. My Sixth kids grade, know. Man. Good. Backstreet Boys. Yes. And apparently the teacher was like, yes. <laughs> I sang that to every single class. And you guys are the only ones that like sang the song. Yay. And like knew what was going on. And my daughter was like, that's because we're the cool class. Yes. And, and we know these things. And so they sang the whole song. Oh, that's amazing. And one of the girls in the class was like, I have no idea what's going on. Because <laughs> so the teacher's the like, one. oh, let me show you. So then the teacher stopped the class and then pulled up on YouTube. <laughs> yes. The video oh, my for gosh. That, for that song. And so they watched Backstreet Boys in the middle of class and oh, they all sing along. The teacher. Apparently they were so loud that the class next door came in and they're like, uh, what's going on in here? <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting your education? But I love it. 
That's so amazing. <laughs> I love Boys it. Lives on. <laughs> and my kids can sing that whole song. Good. I can't sing it. My kids can. Yes. That's <laughs> that's when you know your kids are on the right path. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Got that Backstreet Boys education. Backstreet's back. All right. <laughs> I love it though. That's amazing. Good I thought teacher. That was the cutest thing. Yeah. yeah. Good class. Yeah. She is in a good class. Yeah. And then and then my daughter was like, and then we finished math class early and we had time to spare. Oh, that's so good. That would be the best math class ever. Right? Yeah. How fun. Good. So shout out to my daughter and her math class. (laughs) Doing math right. (laughs) (laughs) Making your parents proud. (laughs) Oh, that's an uplifting, uplifting story. Yes. Okay. So we have a lot to do. Oh my gosh. Yes. Today's a long episode. Sorry. So buckle in. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and get stitching. Yay. Okay, Stitchers. So for this week's Stitch, which I love, I, I let me tell you the story of the progression of how I found this. Okay. So YouTube, we know, is a wonderful thing and also loves to make fun suggestions. Always. Right? So I was on YouTube just kind of scrolling through. And the first thing, actually, I wasn't even scrolling. It was the first thing that popped up on my YouTube was the pattern for or a video for this pattern. Okay. And it wasn't a demonstration video. It was just a video of the model standing with this shawl. Just standing there. Lovely. Yes. And they're like, Look at and my if shawl. you want to make this shawl, visit our website. And I was like, okay, okay. I will. Yay. I thought this you shawl actually was so on it. cool. I did. I know. They got me. <laughs> Clickbait. They got me. So I went to the website. The website is, let me, my eyes are too small. <laughs> or my eyes are too small. The print is too small. Old eyes. Old we eyes. We got it. We're there. there. We, we all know I'm old. I, I just had a colonoscopy. It's good. Okay. So the website is expressionfiberarts.com. Ooh, I like that. Expressionfiberarts.com. We are fiber artists. We are fiber artists. I love that. It's <laughs> so cool. It's so cool. Okay. So expressionfiberarts.com. And they're so sweet because it's all very zen and very you are a wonderful beautiful soul for coming and finding us oh I love it very sweet so the pattern that I pulled up and it's free right now free is best so that's so good you can download it for free it's called Dantelina Dantelina D-A-N-T-E-L-I-N-A Dantelina Dantelina from expressionfiberarts.com and the creator the designer of this is Tatha Lorenzen and she has a website too, stitchedinlovecrocheting.com. Oh, Stitched nice in lovecrocheting.com. Websites. So she designed this and it's a really easy pattern to memorize. Basically, it's like it's a two row repeat. Okay. You do have to keep in mind the center of the thing because if mm. the center stitch is different then it looks wrong the rest of it oh, yes because okay. if you don't do the center stitch your stitch count is going to be wrong sure but basically you're dealing with chains a lot of chaining and you have a double crochet with a pico on it and Ooh. then that's it really so, and i think a single crochet every once in a while eh, that's easy so one row is a bunch of chain sevens that you're connecting in different spots. Okay. And the other row is you're making what they call fan patterns. Ooh. And it's a double crochet with a pico. And you do three of them alternating with a single crochet 
depending upon which loop you're doing them into. So it's very simple. Like once you understand what the pattern is, it's very simple. You can make this as long as you want. Like we'll show you pictures and they have this beautiful big long shawl and it's perfect for summertime because nice. we're moving into summertime yeah, yeah. even though we're back in the 60s right now <laughs> but over the weekend it was in now. the 90s yes. it was like so Our hot weather's all over the place right now <laughs> california weatherman crazy yep. so but i picked this one because it has the, it's this big beautiful lacy holy ooh. big holes in it and i was like ooh, like portals it fits the game so that's why i chose it cool but Check it out. It's a very easy shawl. I want to do it to make, and it goes fast too. So, okay. yeah, I Yay! recommend doing it. I want to do it so bad. Dantalina Fiber Dantalina. Okay. Yeah, we got that. All right. So that's my stitch for this week. Yay! Oh, it's perfect. We'll we'll post pictures because she's so close to like. She's like halfway done. She's so fast. Oh, I Angela's wish I was really halfway done. I'm I, I want to make it big, big, oh, big. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yay. Yay. Okay, are we ready to get into story time? Holy cow, yes, it's story time. It's story time. This week's episode is not spooky per se, but it definitely is mysterious. And these are actual places you can visit. (gasps) Most of them. Maybe not one, but we'll see. Okay. So do you ever wonder about actual stargates or portals? All the time. I always say, well, that's kind of my (laughs) go-to when something happens and we can't explain. Well, I was raised raised in the space industry that's right so you know that was always like my dad is very much a science fiction nut yes so i watched all the star trek and and star trek a lot and yeah. yes you star wars as well and stargate yeah, yeah and babylon 5 and all of these sci-fi shows They're watched so a lot fun, of those huh? growing up so yeah i think it's really interesting and my dad is a physicist studied string theory oh my gosh yeah really so, yeah i didn't know that yeah holy cow i thought it was just nasa i was like oh he's no NASA. no no he's ha- he has his doctorate in physics and wow yeah wow that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, he'll like this episode. I'm he sure listens. he will. Dad, he has a couple of episodes to catch up on, but okay. he listens. Aww. So hi, Daddy. Hey, Dad. Hey, shout out. <laughs> All right. So do you think aliens have ever visited Earth? Yes. Through the use of stargates? It makes the most sense because otherwise it would take way too long right? to get to us. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Well, cool. So maybe did they help develop civilizations on Earth? Yes. I'm going to, I'm, I'm all ancient <laughs> aliens right now. I know. I'm going to jump around. I, I, I did actually have to watch a couple ancient alien episodes. Oh, you did? How fun. <laughs> just to like kind of see what their take was on it. And I was like, okay. So I, I'm kind of like not going all in like they do, uh-huh. but I am hitting a lot of places that they've talked about. Okay. okay. So, um, there were like way more stargates and portals listed on the websites everywhere, but I'm kind of going into the ones that are still kind of mysterious and ones, like I said, you can visit and see them. It's pretty cool. But just know that the term star- stargate is a recent term used for fictional purposes, i.e., like you said, the movie Stargate uh-huh, in 94, stargate. right? But it seems like it is dated as early as in the 1950s. But the phrase gate of the gods, you're going to hear that a lot or similar 
similar to that, right, is transcribed in many languages and cultures for over thousands of years. Yes. So the first one we're going to go to is in Hayu Brand, a mountainous region in Peru near Lake Titicaca. And I can't laugh. I know. Laugh every time I yes, say that. Yes, you are. It's so funny. I know we're not mature at all, right? So yeah, Lake. Oh, our listeners are laughing too. <laughs> Titty caca. Everybody titty say it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, take sorry. a stitch every time we laugh at Titty caca. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's okay. But it's true. It's yeah. the place. Okay. okay. Now, a little background about the area. So the Incan civilization was known to inhabit the area and most likely began around the 12th to 13th century, right? Mm -hmm. But sadly, due to the Spanish conquest of South America, which I'll discuss soon, it's known that the Incan civilization existed for only 400 years. Yeah. So it was really short. Yeah. Yet as we further our scientific methods and research, there are supposedly many ancient Incan sites that predate date the Incans themselves. There is a city in ruins near Lake Titicaca that that is called (laughs) Tiwanaku. And so far, archaeologists or sorry, archaeologists know that the Incans didn't build the city. They still do not know who did. Oh, it's so ancient. That's cool. Isn't that crazy? What's fascinating is that there's evidence of humans inhabiting the area around the lake for the last 4,000 years. (gasps) And archaeologists believe these ancient peoples were responsible for advanced and precise stonework that's been found all over South America. Oh, how cool. So over 4,000 years ago. Dude. It's crazy. That's that's And even then, that's still a blink of an eye in the span of you know the evolution of the world but right. still like but still that's, that's pretty cool that's long time ago for and using humans. advanced yeah technology yeah that, you know so there's also a sunken city and temple that sits at the bottom of lake titicaca Yay! which <laughs> never get old <laughs> in which archaeologists believe that the ancient civilization was also responsible in creating Lead diver Lorenzo Epis in 2000 reported finding a 200 meter long and 50 meter wide holy temple, a terrace for crops, a pre-Incan road, and an 800 meter long containing wall at the bottom of the lake. Dude. So there's so much down there. Ancient civilization, dude. That's so cool. Have you ever been to any ancient ruins? No, I want to. I've never been. So we got married in Belize and so they have Mayans yes right so lots of Mayan temples we got to go visit a bunch of Mayan ruins and stuff it's fascinating it's so cool to see just and and climb to the top of these temples and the top of these structures that they built thousands of years ago it's amazing it's so cool yeah I want to go I want to go so bad One day. Also, it has been revealed that nearly 10,000 people inhabited the ancient city of Tiwanaku. But again, no one exactly knows what happened to everyone. Yeah. Mystery. Some claim they became the Incan civilization. But what we know is the Tiwanaku city flourished from about 400 BCE to 1000 CE. And the Incan civilization did not emerge until around the 12th to 13th century, as I mentioned before. It's so interesting to me, like what wipes out a whole civilization civilization, and then just and then another back and rebuilds. Exactly. Right. How does how does that happen, Nicole? I don't know. Mysteries, (laughs) man. Mysteries we'll never know until, you know, we go to the beyond. But I have no idea. 
There's no direct evidence linking the two civilizations, and there's a lack of archaeological and historical records from the period between the decline of Tiwanaku and the rise of the Inca. So like you said, we, we have, have a missing no link. idea. Yeah, missing link. Crazy. So with all that said, we jumped to 1996, where Jose Luis Delgado Mamani, a local tour guide, was trekking across Hayubran to familiarize himself with the area. At one point, something called out to him, and upon further examination, he stumbled upon what is now called Aramu Muru, or Pereta de Hayu Marca, Door of Hayu Marca, or the gate of the gods oh oh cool so i have a small picture for yes, all you post do. This. that's so cool it's huge okay so this is set into the side of the Hayumarka mountain in in this massive doorway carved into the rock face it measures about seven meters high which is for us 23 feet i know we need a better metric system i'm sorry but 23 <laughs> feet i was like oh i can know that i don't know meters unfortunately yeah and it's seven meters wide so again 23 feet wide with the smaller door shaped indentation at the bottom center which is almost shaped like a misshaped letter t there's, huh. Yeah, and we don't know. There's a lot of that shape everywhere. That's crazy across the oh. whole world. You're going to see this weird misshapen T, which is that mystery. all around the world? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. And these ancient <laughs> civilizations. Yeah. It's crazy. That's cool. There's also a circular, small circular carved hole in the middle of the smaller door. While archaeologists believe this gate predates the Incan civilization, the site of Aramu Muru is believed to have served as a pilgrimage and worship ground for the Inca, used for ceremonial and or astronomical purposes. Mm. Which brings us back to the Spanish conquest. Uh-huh. Now, it was known to be a very brutal event where several million people died due to the violence, displacement, and the smallpox that spread like wildfire. But the popular myth among Peruvians is about one Incan priest who managed to escape the European forces. This Incan priest was known as Aramu Muru, and he was known as the priest who served in the Temple of the Seven Rays. As all Incan priests were ordered to be slaughtered, Aramu Muru was able to escape his persecution into the Hayu Marca and the city of the gods. Several priests were able to assist him, and he also had a golden disc known as the key of the gods (gasps) of the seven rays. This disc was kept in the Coricancha temple in Cusco, and he traveled over 280 miles from the temple to the store stone doorway. When he placed the disc on the door uh-huh. where that small circular indentation uh-huh, sits, uh-huh, uh-huh. the smaller door opened for him. <gasps> this door then transformed into a tunnel or portal uh-huh. that was lit with an unearthly blue light. <gasps> Aramumuru entered the doorway and into the tunnel where the door sh- then shut behind him. Today, Whoa. Peruvians believe that he is now living in the land of the gods. Oh, wow. What a crazy tale, huh? Yeah. Now, what's fascinating about the mythology and legends surrounding this gateway is that the Incan civilization believed that the world was born in Lake Titicaca. Okay. It was also believed that the lake was a place where their souls would return after death. In essence, the lake was the Garden of Eden and Heaven combined. Right. Okay. From the lake arose Kantiki. Oh, I'm so bad with this. Sorry. Viracocha. Viracocha. Sure. The creator god that was the father of all other Inca gods. He also formed the earth, 
heavens, sun, moon, and all living beings. Thus, we tie in the gate of the gods as it is believed gods can travel through the gateway as well as man can travel to the land of the gods. That's so cool. So all this whole area is all tied because we think this is the center of life. And that gateway is that portal to go back and forth. And that, okay. But who could be the gods though? Who could be the gods? Aliens. <laughs> That's my theory. But because again, like look at how advanced that civilization was for such a long time ago yeah and they're talking about this portal that they could travel back and forth through right yes so it's fascinating right because yeah how (laughs) (laughs) got your tongue tied i can't even like wrap my brain because it's how how do these civilizations and i don't know we're going to cover this i'm sure we're going to cover this how, how were people able to build pyramids? How were people exactly. able to, to do all of these things? No, I'm, I'm just going to, I mean, we'll talk with about the a rudimentary few things, tools. Yes, exactly. That they had, and they had such advanced knowledge of crazy technology and, mm-hmm. and the way things worked. And then we lost all of that. Then we, it went away. To start over again yes. and build that knowledge again and then lose it again. And uh-huh. that happened so many times right. throughout history. And it took us, I feel like longer to figure everything out. And our and our kind of modern day now. Yeah. So what jump started all of that and then took it away? Yep. And then jump started it and then took it away. Who knows? Aliens. Aliens. I don't know. It could be. And I then, but in and and I know we're covering this because this is what today's <laughs> topic is. But it's so fascinating. Like, yes. In what I. <laughs> You got a million things going on, huh? I can't say words. There's too That's many thoughts okay. flying at me. You'll formulate I'm everything. So I'm going to go on through a lot, so don't okay. worry about it. Okay. Another belief that is similar to the tale, to this tale, is set by the Native American legends. They claim that heroes of the past would go through the door to meet their gods and that by going through the door, they would gain immortality and life next to the gods. Then some of those men would return to earth through the gate with their gods in order to inspect their kingdoms. Wow. So they tie the Native American stories and they're up in North America yeah. to the South American stories. So there's very... There's portals that they can go back and there's forth similarities to go to visit everything. the gods exactly. and then come back. Yep. Oh, cool, right? Yep. Lastly, some believe that this gate is more of a stargate, as I was mentioning earlier, and there is a connection to the supernatural or even a portal to another dimension. It is said that those who visit the structure claim to feel safe and or at peace when resting their forehead inside the smaller indentation. Wait, what? Yeah. So remember that small area oh, uh-huh. on the door yeah. where the disc is supposed to go? People yeah. come and pilgrim. They, they, have they a go pilgrimage on pilgrimage and they feel They feel peace. the energy and the peace there. It's like just kind of goes through them. So, so, but okay. So the door, so we have two doors, right? The there's big, a big, big, big door, archway. And then there's a the smaller man smaller door. door. Yes. And, but we can't get through that no. door. No, it's just a carve. It's just, it's a, just a carving. Yeah. Oh, so the only way to get through that door is by that disc, disc. yeah. Which now is living with the gods because we don't have that disc anymore. Totally left us. Oh, (laughs) but that was good. He was escaping persecution, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Hayu Marku. I love this. I know it's fun. (laughs) Now we're gonna go only seventy-six miles away from Aramu 
Muru, and it sits the ancient city of Tiahuanaco along Lake Titicaca. Yay, we Lake but Titicaca. In Bolivia now. <gasps> so oh, the lake. We're out of Peru and in yeah. Bolivia. And I didn't know this. This is cool. I learn something new every time. So the lake is the largest freshwater lake in the Andes Mountains, and it lies on the border between Bolivia and Peru. Interesting. Okay? So it separates them. Yeah. Now, these ruins, uh, also known as Tiwanaku, yes, the ancient city I mentioned earlier. So Tiwanaku kind of is in this big area of the lake. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here lies another megalithic structure known as either the Tiwanaku Sun Gate or the Gateway of the Sun. Okay. I see the, the misshapen... Oh, no, no that's this just one's a crack. Not. Okay, yeah. that's just a crack. Yeah. Okay. So this one's just a regular kind of rectangle. That looks door. cool. That's yeah. so cool. So the There's gate. so many carvings all over yes, it. Yes, yeah. It's and I'm so going to go cool. into detail about that. The gateway was first discovered and recorded in 1549 by Pedro Cieza de Leon. Then it was rediscovered by European explorers in the mid 19th century, but this time it was lying horizontally on the ground with a large crack that ran through it. The Gate of the Sun is carved from a single massive block of andesite stone. Whoa. Yes. It sits roughly nine feet in height and 12.5 feet in width, and the gate opening is 4.6 feet wide. From the VintageNews.com website, it describes the top of the gate opening as it is the most prominent and intact. A bas-relief depiction of a deity whose head appears to be garnished by an interesting headdress, or perhaps these are rays emitting from its face in all directions. The deity also holds a staff in each of its two hands. Since the theory is that this deity represents the sun god, thus the gate is the gate of the sun. However, some speculate that the marks in the face are tears. So the figure has also been called the weeping god. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Others believe that it is a representation of a pan-Andean god, Viracocha, which I've mentioned earlier. Yeah. But the nature of the gate is still mysterious. Some say it's similar to the gate of the gods and that it is a portal to uh -huh. other dimensions or to the world of the gods. Another interpretation is that it was more of an agricultural calendar. <laughs> very different. Or the calendar gate. What is interesting is that there are figures on the gate that surround the main figure on the top where 32 have human faces, but 16 have condors faces. Okay. And if the ancient civilization was anything like the Inca civilization, condors were believed to be a messenger between the physical and spiritual worlds and that it could provide access to the divine I get it realm. because condors live so high mm -hmm. in, in the mountains. There yeah. you go. <gasps> Interesting. So as you can see, there's the main god and then yep. some human faces. Yep, and then yep, down yep. here are the condor faces. Interesting. Yeah. So that's oh, it for the gate of the sun. That's yeah. so cool. So who knows? That one, I mean, it looks cool. It could be, but you never know because this one's just more of a, looks, you know, it's down in the, into the ancient realm of the civilization. Versus, and it's, it's freestanding. Yes. It's not like you're going into, you can walk through it. Yeah. It's not like going into anything. Right? <laughs> it, <laughs> Because I have kids uh -oh. and they like video games, <laughs> it's like a portal for the uh, netherworld. Right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> if you have kids, you'll know what that is. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to move on to Egypt now. <gasps> okay. Yeah. So 
as you were saying, there's a lot of mystery surrounding the ancient periods and locations in Egypt. And archaeologists, I can never say that word, archaeologists, scientists, etc., still have not unraveled everything about these locations. Okay, mm-hmm. One location has been discussed as another possible portal or stargate, Abu Ghraib or Abu Ghraib, and it's an Arabic phrase meaning father of ravens. This is roughly six miles southwest of Cairo. And here lies the ruins of the second sun temple to have ever been discovered and investigated. It is believed to be built between 2465 and 2325 BCE. Oh, gosh. BCE. And was built to worship the sun god Ray. The sun temple of Nusere, which I don't know if I said that right, I'm sorry, was discovered and excavated between 1898 and 1901. It is believed to be one of the oldest ceremonial sites on the planet. Yeah. Wow. So this is a, dip- I'm showing her a picture of what it was that they thought it was, how it yeah. was built. Yeah. Okay. So the geometry of the thing, like, yes. How do they know how to do that? No, they don't have drones. They don't have cameras, <laughs> right? They don't, they don't even have like, I mean, rulers, they no. have very rudimentary tools yes. on how to make this. Unless so someone came to how visit. How do they understand the physics and the geometry involved in building such an intricate building? Uh, so many They of don't them. have the architectural knowledge to be able to do this. As we think. Right. We think, right. And just the 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 manpower that it takes to. Manpower. Build this That's thing, where it gets I'm me. Sure, yeah. yeah. The, the stones are insanely heavy. Yes. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling, people. I can't even say words. That's so cool. I'm often speechless, but like this is, I'm, this is a fun this topic. This is a huh? bad <laughs> thing for a podcaster <laughs> to not be able talk. to say words. Hashtag because words. Because words. <laughs> well, a reconstructed depiction of the temple consisted of a rectangular walled enclosure, 100 by 76 meters with an entrance on the eastern face. It was primarily built from mud brick covered with limestone 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 (laughs) inside is a large open courtyard with a colossal stone obelisk this obelisk was constructed out of irregularly shaped limestone blocks and was estimated to be about 35 to 50 meters tall then in the center of the courtyard was an altar that was constructed from five large blocks of alabaster and arranged to form a symbol that has been translated as may raw be satisfied. According to records that were discovered from Yusurkov's sun temple, it is believed that two oxen and two geese were sacrificed daily. Daily? Daily. Whoa. Where are you getting all these geese and oxen? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I'm going to show her this picture and I'm going to put this one on for sure because this... That is is what I'm going to talk about. Beautiful. Yeah. So the theory behind this temple was that it was designed to create heightened spiritual awareness through the use of vibrations transmitted through the alabaster and other materials. Nice. Okay. This expanded awareness enabled one to connect with the sacred energies of the universe known as netters or in very pared down terms, gods. (laughs) supposedly the indigenous tradition teaches that the netters in some sort of physical form once landed and appeared in person at (laughs) Abu Ghraib. Therefore it is proposed that the alabaster platform created a harmonic resonance through sound vibrations to increase the heightened awareness and to further open the senses to communicate and be one with the netters. 
Interesting. Which further leads us to ask if this is what we call a Stargate today. That's interesting. So, I mean, we are musicians Mm -hmm. and also your husband works in sound. So it's like transmitting radio frequencies. Yes. Transmitting waves. Exactly. That's so cool. Which we do today to see if we can get any kind of feedback. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, (laughs) I love this. I love this. I I love this. It's fun, huh? And to tie the theory together, we refer to the legends of the Cherokee Native Americans again, who believed that thought beings who are formless would travel on a wave of sound from their home in the uh, Pleiades star system to Earth, which sounds familiar with the Egyptian beliefs. That's so cool. And like, and this is bringing it back to when we did the abduction story. Yes. And they were communicating. Yes. Telepathically. Telepathically. Exactly. They don't need to talk. Lastly, archaeologists are, oh my God. Archaeologists. Why can't I say that word? I have, because Malevolent. Malevolent. I'm going to add this to my list. because words. Holy cow. Lastly, archaeologists have found precision circular markings drilled into the alabaster along with precise cut red granite blocks that were polished and mounted as facing stones on the pyramid. There are questions as to whether or not Egyptians had access to advanced technology to create the temple. So yeah. these are the drill markings that are like precise. Right. They didn't have drills did and electricity back then, right? Nope. And these are the polished stones. Like how did how? they get those so smooth and then move them and then know where to put them precisely? Look at that. Yeah. I I don't know. See, this fascinates me because I can't go back and ask them how did you know to do this (laughs) (laughs) what did you do yeah yeah this is why like I know like when we ever we cross into you know from this world on to the next you're gonna be asking so many questions so (laughs) many questions I'm like you better answer these because this is all I want to know so that'll be fun all right. I want to be with you when you're asking all these questions. <laughs> I'm sure I'll find you. Cause, yeah. Cause I, I know my, I know the way my brain works when they, I have so many questions and thoughts and it, I'm doing it right now. So many questions and thoughts going on in my head. It's I cannot them formulate them. Yep. They all try to evacuate my yep. face at the same time. Evacuate your face. So I wouldn't be able to it. ask any questions. I'd just be like, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be your translator. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to go to the United States and the next location is very strange mystery. And because of the disappearances, we can tie it into this week's episode as it quite possibly could be a portal. We go to Lake Michigan for the Lake Michigan Triangle. Whoa. There's a triangle Lake Michigan. Holy cow. Oh, I did not know this. Hold on to your butts. Okay. This is fun. Yes, this area is very similar to the Bermuda Triangle, which I won't get to today, but at the end of this, I'll talk about a lot of things. Okay. Okay. So there have been many plane crashes and shipwrecks in the area between Manitowoc, Ludington, and Benton Harbor on Lake Michigan. But due to how large this area is, there could be logical explanations behind these. I'm going to dive into the mysterious disappearances that take place on and over Lake Michigan within the supposed triangle, along with the discovery found at the bottom of the lake. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. Okay. I was excited. Yeah. 
The earliest known incident occurred on September 18th, 1679. Oh, wow. The Le Griffon was constructed and launched near Cayuga Island on the Niagara River and armed with seven cannons. It was the largest sailing vessel on the Great Lakes up to that time. Its maiden voyage was August 7th, 1679, with the crew of 32 sailing Lake Erie, Lake Huron, and Lake Michigan while they were still uncharted waters with the exception of canoes canoes have all been on these lakes but right never a big ship like this it landed on an island in lake michigan where they met with the local tribes on green bay and traded animal pelts they then left for lake erie but sadly the ship never arrived at their destination and no confirmed remnants of the ship have ever been located There are loads of theories Uh from a storm hitting to Native American tribes invading the ship, murdering the crew, and setting it ablaze. However, there is no substantial evidence for any theory set forth so far. Where is the ship? Where did it go? (laughs) Next, we discuss a two-masted schooner that was used to transport materials to the House of David in Benton Harbor called the Rosa Bell. In 1875, the Rosa Bell was discovered by a car ferry as it was crossing the lake. The Rosa Bell was floating upside down. What? And the 10-man crew that was aboard the ship were never found. <gasps> the ship was turned over and brought back to her port in Milwaukee. The Coast Guard thought that it was maybe caught in a storm. They got the ship back in service. Then, October 1921, the crew loaded the Rosabelle with potatoes and maple lumber. Yet the ship's captain, Ed Johnson, had a gut feeling and said, nope, didn't board the schooner. <laughs> Later, if the captain isn't going, maybe you shouldn't go either. Right? You should probably <laughs> listen to him. Yeah. Later, his son had stated that Johnson had a premonition that a disaster was on the horizon. Wow. With the crew unable to convince him to board, they left without him (laughs) only days later they found the ship capsized again with no signs of the crew i think there's an issue with the construction of this boat (laughs) it's always upside down right upside down yep it's like i want to float this way (laughs) (laughs) i don't like floating upright Apparently, though, the stern was missing, which indicated that there could have been some sort of collision, but no ship had reported any accidents and no one saw anyone in distress. The U.S. Coast Guard dragged the schooner back into Racine Harbor, and they later determined there was no collision. What? So what happened to all the crew? What? Twice. Twice. This is like ghost ship. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's crazy. Then there is the true story of Captain George Donner. April 25th, 1937, Captain Donner was steering the OS McFarland through frozen Lake Michigan, trying to transport 9,800 tons of coal from Erie, Pennsylvania to Port Washington, Wisconsin. He was a very reliable, well-respected person and was able to successfully navigate the McFarland through the Straits of Mackinac. It was stressful for the captain and even stayed up all night to ensure the safety of the vessel and the crew. Once they got through the straits, he told his first and second mate that he was going to retire to his cabin for some rest and to come get him once they passed Sheboygan and approached (laughs) Port Washington. I love all the names. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. He knew the ins and outs of the lake and said it would take up roughly three hours before arrival. He got to his cabin approximately at 10.20 p.m. And one source says he even heard the captain in his room for a few hours as if he was going through paperwork and heard shuffling paper. Okay. 
at 1.20 a.m. The second mate followed the captain's orders and knocked on Captain Donner's door. Strangely, no answer. He called out for the captain and knocked again, but again, no answer. He tried to enter the room, but found it locked from the inside. Okay. He was worried the captain would sleep past the point he insisted on, so the second mate went to retrieve a master key. First mate, Charles Riker, was filled in on the situation as they headed towards the captain's room. Riker called out for the captain that he was entering his room, and when they stepped in, they found nothing. Where did he go? The bed was made. There was no sign of struggle. There are two round port windows in the room, but they were way too small for a man to fit through them, let alone the captain, who was said to be slightly overweight. They thought that maybe Captain Donner went to grab something to eat at some point, so they headed down to the galley to investigate. Once they arrived, they found two firemen sitting there finishing up their break, and when asked about Captain Donner, they said they didn't see him at all. Where did he go? (laughs) They then searched the entire ship, checked every room, and he was nowhere to be found. Once they arrived in Wisconsin, the crewmen contacted the proper authorities and notified them that the captain had disappeared under mysterious circumstances. The Coast Guard was alerted immediately, and they started their search on the lake soon after. Unfortunately, he was never located. What happened? At first, like, where's Felicia? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. At first daylight, the rescue mission shifted into body recovery, telling all ships that were on the same route as the OS McFarland to keep an eye out. But his body was never located. He simply vanished into thin air. What happened to Captain Donner? Captain Donner? He, well, okay, that name is ominous because, you know, the Donner party. Yeah. <laughs> but... What happened? Where'd he go? Portal. Dude. Where did he go? <laughs> Isn't that spooky? We have no That's idea where so he went. crazy. We can trace everything up to the point where he got into his room. And it yeah. was locked from the inside. Right. So we and, had to have gone in and then and locked then, it. Yeah. Or somebody was in there and locked it. Where did he but go? But if you lock it from the inside, then and you're supposed to unlock it. And he didn't get out because no. like... The, the there was nowhere for him to go there's nowhere to get get out of those windows this is a crazy game of hide and seek captain donner <laughs> he hit really really well ollie ollie oxen free <laughs> <laughs> next we go to the event that happened june 23rd 1950 northwest orient flight 2501 departed LaGuardia, New York at 9.49 p.m. with destination of Seattle, Washington. Hey! But a layover was scheduled in Minneapolis, Minnesota. When they reached Cleveland, Captain Robert Lind grew concerned about the storms that lay ahead of them Uh and contacted air traffic control to cruise at an altitude of 4,000 feet. It was approved, but turbulence grew even worse, so he was instructed to drop to 3,500 feet to avoid a crash with another flight that was also reporting violent weather. The other flight was at roughly 5,000 feet. Captain Lind then reported to air traffic control they would arrive in Milwaukee by 11.37 p.m. Alas, the plane didn't reach Milwaukee at that time, nor any other time. Concerned about not hearing from Flight 2501, the U.S. Coast Guard was deployed to search for the missing plane. In the following days, they discovered small body parts, (gasps) such as ears, hands, and bones, and also small parts of the plane, such as a seat armrest and pieces of upholstery. What? They also found a small pair of child's pants. (gasps) 
later identified belonging to eight-year-old passenger Chester Schaefer. What's mysterious about this is that no other debris was located. Nothing large, no actual bodies, no plane engine parts, nothing. To this day, Flight 2501 remains the only missing U.S. aircraft in aviation history. Holy crap, Nicole. What happened? Okay, this is making me think of Nope. Yes. Like, like, right? Yeah. Because <gasps> of the storm. The, yeah. 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 The storm. And then so it was yeah. just the alien that like gobbled them yeah. up and because and burped out some it things. burped out some pieces. Ears? Ears. Bones? They found ears and little bones, but nothing big. No human body like parts, like complete parts. Like, where are they? Oh my gosh. Now, there are theories floating around, one from the Michigan Shipwreck Research Association, that they are 100% sure weather took down the ship. And in 2020, they believe they narrowed down the exact location the ship went down. However, still nothing has been located except the initial small debris they found. <laughs> We're 100% sure it went down here. Right? Okay, where is it Where then? is it? Oh Can't my find gosh. It. Nicole! Could they have crashed into the lake due to weather? Could the plane have been struck by lightning and disintegrated the plane with the exception of the few things they did find? Or did they fly through a portal? Or were they taken by a UFO? There I would hate that they flew through a portal and, and then just somebody didn't get their ears. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so weird, Nicole. There's so many theories floating around, but as mentioned, what we do know is that Flight 2501 is still recognized as missing. That's sad. I don't like it. That's so Wait, sad. Wait, when did it go missing? What year again? 1950. 1950. Okay. The 50s were a hotbed for alien activity. That's when it all became really big. Yeah. 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 Wow. Creepy, right? Nicole. I know. Lake Michigan, man. <laughs> now, while there are many crashes and wrecks found in Lake Michigan, the last unexplained case happened on July 3rd, 1998. Donald Schaller was flying a two-seat Aerol L-39 Albatross, which is a single-engine jet plane used as a military trainer by Eastern European countries. Schaller was 48 years old at the time, a veteran pilot planning to participate in his first air show at the National Cherry Festival in Traverse City, Michigan. Flying with him was Donovan Rodriguez, a flight instructor at Northwestern Michigan College since the 1970s. They took off from Cherry Capital Airport and was roughly 27 miles out when he radioed in that they were heading back around 6 p.m. Flight controllers were expecting to hear from Schaller where he was five miles out, but they did not. And the plane disappeared from the radar. Uh-oh. Around 9 p.m., Coast Guard helicopters were dispatched from Traverse City to start looking for the craft. Over the next few days, the crew equipped with night vision goggles scanned the waters of Lake Michigan. Along with them were a Canadian C-130 cargo airplane and the Blue Angels C-130. Also on the lake, a Coast Guard utility boat along with planes searched the area between North Manitou and South Fox Islands. Yet... There was no sign of the albatross, no oil slicks, debris, nothing. Where did it go, Nicole? And this search covered <laughs> over 1,900 square miles. Holy crap. And I know it's a great lake, and I know Michigan, Lake Michigan huge, is huge, but, but still, like, with all the technology. It's a finite space, that, and, and this is 98. 98. Yes. So we could have found it. If we yeah, we to. had the technology. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Where'd it go? The search was called off July 9th, and since then, no wreckage has turned up to this day. Even underwater sonar searches have come up with nothing. Dude. 
<laughs> now, I want to note that in 2007, archaeologists discovered something fascinating in the depths of Lake <gasps> Michigan. What'd they find? What'd they find? While scanning for shipwrecks in the Grand Traverse Bay, approximately 40 feet below, they discovered a prehistoric surprise. <gasps> A series of stones that was obviously arranged by man or at least intelligent life. You will see all over sources that it is Stonehenge-like, quote unquote. Uh And even more exciting, there's a prehistoric carving of a mastodon. What? There's one one stone exactly has a mastodon. Yes. What? What? How? What? That is... words i know this it's just mind-boggling in the lake michigan oh lake michigan there are so many claims stating that this underwater find is a root of all the strange events that happen in and above lake michigan skeptics say quite the opposite that the formation is in a straight line so most likely it could be something to corral animals or a sort of fence scientists believe this uh, petroglyph may be over 10,000 years old. Yeah. Why is it at the bottom of a lake? Well, obviously it wasn't a lake it's, at one point. Right. Yeah. But still. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. And it's making me think of all of the stories of the alien ships coming from the yes, water. Yes, the water, yes. which I will want to do one day because yeah. I love that idea too because our oceans are so vast. Like, it's scary. We haven't even scratched the surface with our oceans. Right. So who yeah. knows what's down there, who right? Who knows? That's so crazy. I'm going to go a little kind of in topic, off topic, but Stonehenge. I got to talk about it. Okay. But some think that this 5,000-year-old stone monument was created to act as a portal or communication with the gods. But unlike other stargates or doorways I discussed earlier, there isn't much evidence to support any myths or legends that have, may have done this. Right. There is a rumor that in 1971, a group of hippies disappeared at 2 a.m. when they entered the center of Stonehenge. However, there is no evidence or trace of these disappeared people to support that story. So no, that's a fake. Right. But there are some five cool theories. I just do want to touch on Stonehenge. Okay. okay? One, a place for burial. Okay. Bone Mm -hmm. fragments were found over a century ago around the site and roughly 63 separate individuals were exhumed. The theory is that they were buried around 3000 BC and that the stones were brought from Wales to mark the graves. So that's one theory. Two, some people believe that Stone Age folks saw Stonehenge as a place with healing properties. Mm. 2008, archaeologist Jegri Wainwright and Timothy Darville found a large number of skeletons again around Stonehenge with signs of illness or injury. Also, they discovered that ancient people had chipped away at um, at the large blue stones from the site. The theory for that is they use these chipped blue stones for talismans or protective or healing purposes. Taking a piece of Stonehenge with them. Exactly. Three, a fun theory is that Stonehenge's circular construction was created to mimic a sound illusion. Stonehenge indeed has amazing acoustics and that the circle would have caused sound reverberations similar to a modern day cathedral or concert hall. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a fun theory. Four. A celestial uh, observatory, sorry. An avenue connecting the monument with nearby river Avon allies with the sun in the winter solstice. And there is archaeological evidence that pigs were slaughtered at Stonehenge in (gasps) December and January, reflecting possible celebrations of rituals around the winter solstice. Okay, that 
That makes sense, right? That makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah. Five, which was hilarious. Lastly, it was possibly a team building exercise. I was like, oh, way to make this corporate. All the BCE people are like, we need team building exercise. Let's go. (laughs) So, So since Stonehenge was a massive undertaking that required the labor of thousands to move the stones as far as west of Wales, the work itself required an act of unification. Yeah. No. I was like, what? <laughs> Such a weird like corporation idea. Yeah, no. So again, I just wanted to reiterate that Stonehenge, while it's still cool and mysterious, it's most likely not a portal. Yeah. As much as we want it to think. Because that's the stories. There's so many fantasy stories that it is, but right. I don't think so. I don't think Stonehenge is either. I think it is holy ground. Yes. But I don't think that it was a portal. Or Stargate. Yeah. Yeah. Or Stargate. Because yeah. there's no stories of disappearance exactly that support that. except uh what's that show outlander oh well i like that show it's yeah cute. so it's, they use stonehenge as that kind of idea but yeah but, but again fantasy yeah. for that yeah yeah okay lastly let's travel to arivaca arizona <gasps> arizona where we have a story from treasure hunters over two years from the 1950s according to ron quinn 1950s 1950s okay yep that's when everything starts okay so Ron was 23. His brother Chuck was 26 and left Tacoma, Washington. Hey, hey. March 20th, 1956. Within three weeks of their treasure hunting in Arizona, they were camping close to the Tumacacori Mountains when they noticed two large balls of blue-green lights descending behind the mountains several oh. miles away. <laughs> Ron had left the military recently and knew that these were not flares and there was no sound from an aircraft that broke the silence. They vanished within minutes. Then the following night at the same exact time, Uh the lights appeared again (gasps) in the same exact location. A few days later, they made friends with a local cowboy. Ron and Chuck told him their story, and they said they have seen the same lights in the same spot since 1939. Dude, what? 1939. That's 11 years because if it's 1950, did I do my math? 1956. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I was like 1950. You almost had that. Ah. Yeah, but for a while. Yes. Okay. And over the months, the brothers saw them several more times. Wow. So I'm going to, I touch up on this because it ties in, we think. Then one day after making friends with a local Native American, after helping him with a flat tire, he told them a story of a mysterious stone archway. (gasps) Legend was that in the 1800s, three Native Americans were hunting and upon returning to their village, they discovered this stone archway. They were in a good mood and so started playing and chasing one another through the opening. But soon after one jumped through but never emerged from the opposite side. They had become so scared they found some sacred ground of the gods, so the remaining two fled back to their village. Upon arrival, they told the medicine man about the third vanishing. The story spread, and other villagers traveled to gaze upon the stone structure. They would throw rocks through the doorway, but nothing happened. (gasps) Until an elderly woman approached and tossed in a live rabbit, which quickly vanished. Whoa! 
Okay, this reminds me of Thor when they find the, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where they find yeah. the, the portal. Thor was that two. Thor 2? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so good. I love it. Exactly. They all backed off in fear and spread the story of this doorway to the gods. <gasps> the Native American friend telling the story said he had been to the site on many occasions, but... The only time he witnessed something strange was in 1948 after a big storm had blown in. As he rode past the archway, he noticed the sky through its opening was blue with no clouds visible. He dismounted his horse, walked toward the stone archway and peered through. The mountains on the other side hadn't changed, but the sky was clear opposite of where he was. What? He was struck with fear and rode off. They asked, why hadn't the archway been investigated if the story was true? And he replied, only his people knew of the story and never mentioned outside the tribe. The only reason why he was sharing with the brothers was because they had shown kindness while he was stranded beside the highway. The brothers decided to make a trip to this gateway of the gods with two other treasure hunters, Roy Purdy and Walter Fisher. It was a rough trip, but they made it. Upon their arrival of the gateway area, they found an enormous deposit of geodes. Mm. It was all over the ground, was littering, littered with them. His theory is that something has to do with those geodes and the gateway, but he doesn't know for sure. Okay. Side note. Okay. When they started to measure the archway, they found it to be seven feet high and five feet wide. That's pretty similar to the other ones. Exactly. Okay. The columns were about 15 inches in diameter, and they believed they were made of andesite, a type of volcanic rock. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yes. Okay. They tested the archway by throwing rocks and even Ron tried sticking his arm through and played around, (laughs) but nothing happened after several hours. Before finishing their expedition at the uh, Arivaca ranch where they were all staying, Ron recalls one night being very still and quiet. The livestock became restless as they were about to go to sleep. They suddenly heard the sound of horses, many horses. When the sound became extremely loud, they all ducked for cover, thinking the horses were going to stampede through the camp. While the sounds became extremely loud, they all ducked for cover, thinking the horses were going to stampede through the camp. Yeah. But when the rumbling reached the opposite side of a nearby canyon, the sounds mysteriously, (laughs) mysteriously stopped altogether. What? The next morning, they searched the area, but found no evidence of horses. Dude! They believed that the archway may have given them a glimpse of the land centuries ago when it was covered with wild horses. Oh! (laughs) That would spook me out. That's cool. Ghost horses. Ghost horses. One day, their friends Walt and Roy went to the stone portal to collect some geodes for friends in Tucson. (laughs) Walt and Roy Disney? No. (laughs) They could have been. You never know. When they looked toward the archway, both claimed to have seen it shimmer. (gasps) This lasted for several minutes before it slowly faded. Both also said that while the gateway shimmered, they felt a strange pressure within their ears. And no, this wasn't in the middle of summer when heat waves dance and shimmer. That's what I was going to (laughs) ask. This was mid-January and the temperature was only 60 or so. Oh yeah, so no, that would definitely not shimmer. Nope. Oh wow. Roy never returned back to that site. 
No, he's probably pooping he his scared. pants. Yeah. yeah. There are also so many other stories Ron shares about the mysterious archway and plenty of websites post his story. Sadly, the archway top had collapsed, leaving just the columns erect and still only shared location with very close friends. But I'll leave the gateway of the gods with one last experience Ron had in 1973 when he had moved to Tucson. Okay. During one of our two-week adventures, I found myself near the canyon that leads towards that oddball site. Not having been there in almost four years, I decided to pay it a visit. The canyon was just as rugged as ever. After climbing and slipping among the boulders, I finally arrived at the steep hill leading to the site above. It's a long, weary climb, so I paused for a breather halfway up. I sat on the slope facing north. To my left, which was west, the steep hill followed the canyon perhaps a mile, but something was definitely wrong. Below to my left was a canyon where none had existed. Curious, I made my way down, entering it from the east side, so I thought. I soon discovered I was in the same canyon that led toward the hill I had just scaled. I was more than (laughs) 250 yards back down the canyon (laughs) on a different slope, and now I was facing south. I had mysteriously been transported to the new location. Oh, no. Thinking I was looking west, I was really looking east, seeing the canyon I had just hiked. There I'd was, be so mad. Right? <laughs> what like is I going on? That. <laughs> there was no way on earth I could have reached this other slope while climbing the original hill. Knowing where I was, suddenly I knew why this had happened. Any skepticism I had about this crazy sight vanished. I was apprehensive about continuing and should have departed the area immediately, but curiosity led me on. I made the grueling climb once again, passing the spot where minutes before I had been resting. I realized that if something within the site caused my teleportation, I might not even be in my own time. What a frightening thought that was. I felt somewhat alarmed over the incident that occurred. Soon, I arrived at the site and looked around. Everything appeared normal. No shimmering effects, lights, or other odd observations were observed. However, I noticed how silent it was. Not a breeze, a bird call, nothing. Looking down, I saw the hairs on my arms standing straight up like being near static electricity. I began feeling uneasy and decided to leave. <laughs> Spooky teleportation in the wrong area that you don't want to be in. Like, for crying that's, out loud. That's the worst kind of teleportation. Because, right? <laughs> like, you're climbing this this hill that's, like, very hard Steep to climb. Rugged. Very, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just want to do it once. You, you want to get up and do it again. No. <laughs> And he happened to have and to do it again. again. Start over. That the poor guy. Oh, that's that's so mean. Oh, that's the worst kind of teleportation. Right. That's a crazy story, Nicole. Yeah. So this was the gate in Arizona that we don't know exactly where it is. It's uh-huh. in those mountains. But I thought that was such a fascinating oh, story. That's so cool. Yeah. I like that the sky was different on the other side. That one. Was, I like that, that too. Cool. Seeing a totally different like skyscape, even though the land is the same. Right. right. The yeah. spooky. Before we leave story time, okay. I'm almost done. Please note that I know I only discussed the Lake Michigan Triangle, but at some point I'm going to discuss the other mysterious triangles around the world, okay. such as, okay. which I never knew of, the Dragon's Triangle in <gasps> the Pacific Ocean between Japan and the Philippines. Woo! 
the Bennington Triangle in the Green Mountains of Vermont, the Bridgewater Triangle located in southeastern Massachusetts, the Alaskan Triangle, and the most infamous Bermuda, Bermuda. Triangle. Oh, how cool. Isn't that amazing? All these different like little triangular areas that are just little portals or like areas yeah. that are different. So this is so cool. I'm so glad that we started the whole conversation with portals because it's very fascinating. Right. Because what are they? Who created them? Exactly. They are real. I mean, because people do go missing. And it's funny. I know we aren't talking about the Bermuda Triangle today. Right. But I literally just watched like Ooh. yesterday. Uh-huh. A YouTube clip of somebody going to Bermuda to see if the Bermuda Triangle is real. You yes. Know, YouTubers, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But he decided to start his quest by talking to local local fishermen there. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's real. Here are our friends that are missing because <gasps> they fished too close to the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, my gosh. And they disappeared. And they're gone. And so they have the, all these, like, little plaques oh, from no. their friends. Oh, no. That's have, that sad. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. So, and then that's all of the YouTube video that I watched because then I'm sure my kids were like, mom, and then you, know, you have to <laughs> go norm. answer the mom call. But I, I get it. I mean, people go missing all the time in these specific areas and in these specific ways. And then there yeah. are like ancient yep. um, f- buildings. And I took, okay, I, I've got to take a minute here because okay. I was snapping a lot of pictures. You may have heard my phone go click a yep. bunch of times because my dog and my cat. I know. I have spooning to take a <laughs> and it's the cutest thing ever they've never done this before so they've been it's spooning this whole adorable. time it's so cute good job so I took a bunch of pictures I just took a couple too now <laughs> we, we can share it with our listeners if you guys want to see any of the pictures of my dog and cat spooning you can jump over it's to any adorable. of our socials I'm sure it'll be on Instagram <laughs> you can also find us at on Podbean where we're going to post all of our show notes and sure we'll post a picture there in our show notes if we want to but you can see all these cool portals that we talked about today all these ancient like creation it's just fascinating to it's me it's so neat there's so much to cover so mysterious that's what I uh, that my main word for all of this is just so mysterious. mysterious we don't know anything we don't I wish we could understand everything back 4,000 yeah. years ago you know but if you have any stories about any portals, you can share with them at theominousstitch at gmail.com. Or like I was saying before, you can go over to our Podbean, podbean.com, The Ominous Stitch Podcast. Ooh, ooh. And you can look up any of our show notes and see what these portals actually look like. Yes. If you visited them, we want to know about it. Yes. If you have any stories about anything about portals, we want to know about those too. So email us. Jump over to Podbean, become a patron. Maybe we'll do some spinoff patron episodes about yeah. more portals that we wouldn't necessarily cover on our podcast. We do do patron episodes now, so go check them out. We have one up right now about yep. black guy kids, which is so <laughs> scary. So become a patron if you'd like. If not, we just want to connect with you. So contact us on any of our socials or again at theominousstitch at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys because we love you guys and we love our little community. We love our community. This is so fascinating. So much fun. so cool. Yep. Okay, so we have one more portal to talk about in the movie that we watched. (laughs) It's movie time. It's movie time. This week's movie review 
is old, released in 2021, IMDb rating of 5.8 stars, and the synopsis. A vacationing family discovers that the secluded beach where they're relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it was. I didn't know until I saw him driving the bus. And uh, I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. He's always in his movies, isn't he? Yeah. That's funny. Oh, okay. So when this movie came out, mm-hmm. uh, you told me about it. Yes. Did you watch it on um, HBO? HBO. I did. Okay, it. I, this HBO. was about uh, when it was 2021. So it was released like probably in end of 21, 22. So that's when I watched it. Yeah. You were buzzing about it. You're like, this movie is crazy. It's, it's so weird, weird, right? Like the concept behind yeah. it is really cool. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's a I like that M. Night Shyamalan creates different types of movie concepts constantly. Like, I mean, we're gonna review another one soon. Or, yeah. Or we did the sixth yeah, sense. Yeah, the sixth sense. And we um, just did it. We Night just did Sh- it. <laughs> and and I mean, that's such a far cry from, you know, paranormal mediums and ghosts to this like crazy (laughs) (laughs) sorry Sorry. (laughs) cat cat got mad um but this like crazy landscape where you can't escape it and it's aging people like two different completely storylines right but yeah so much fun and so creative like I've never heard of something like this ever right like a no getting stuck on a beach that ages you and the way that they explained it it's like uh the the rocks kind of have this x-ray effect that age your cells right so it was interesting the way that they were able to kind of put it in scientific terms so it wasn't that paranormal although it is <laughs> but they had an explanation for they, why yeah, this is happening they, they, you find out at the end yeah spoiler alert you find out and it's just pharmaceutical people like testing on people which is crazy yeah but how did you want how did they like i want to know how did they find this beach in yeah, the first place you can't get off the you beach can't get once off. you're there so how do you they... have no cell phone reception yeah like, how did they find this beach how did they find the beach yeah that's, i don't know right so that's <laughs> that's crazy and then two the fact that I mean, again, spoiler alert, that the coral is the one thing that saves them. Like, what the hell? Like, how did they know? Like, because of the decoded message. Yes, but how did the little boy know? You just said my my uncle's scared. My uncle doesn't like the coral. coral. That's all it said. My uncle doesn't like the coral. And so they were like, well, might as well try it. Right? Because they didn't know any other way to get off this beach. Yeah. Tried to swim off of it. They tried to go back. They kept walking. She tried to climb and she fell. Like, even climbing it. Right? Yeah. It's creepy. But anyway, yeah. So I'm sure you've seen it now or you know because we keep talking about it. But yeah, yeah these families all meet up on this beach because they are told by the hotel that they're staying at, which was crazy. Like they got some, it was like she was a winner, right? Some, yeah, she won a contest. She won a Yay. contest. And I didn't even know where they are. Where Did they even say exactly where they are? Just some tropical island, yeah. some secluded tropical island yeah. somewhere. I don't know if they We don't said, know exactly, yeah. right? And so, but, but basically they're all chosen because they're all sick. Yes. And so they want to research how the beach has an effect on these sick people, but obviously killing them all at the same time for their well, research. So, yeah. So in, they're able to do a trial. Yes. That should last. Oh, you're years. right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. It should last years and years and years they and years. They gave them some trials. medicine in the drinks, right? They give them medicine in the drinks. And yeah. one of them is an anti-seizure medicine. <laughs> it all pointed to this. I swear the universe was around. trying to tell me something. So, But yeah, the anti-seizure, she didn't have a seizure at all on the beach until yeah. like she died. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that was like, that she was, was breakthrough technically seizure free yes. for a certain amount of time Yeah, for, for what equated to nine hours on the beach. But it was really like 20 years or something like that. Right. It was like, what was it? One hour equals three days or something like that. No, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's years. One hour is three years. Yeah. Maybe like dogs. One hour is seven years. Almost. I don't know. It was close know. to that. It was yeah. long. But it was so crazy to see the evolution in this short amount of time of all these people. It was like that's scary. And the guy losing his brain, you know, like yeah. his mental capacity, yeah. the doctor and the little kids giving birth. Like, what yeah. the hell? Like, like, I put the baby down for one minute, but that one minute was like days. Yeah. And so and it, it didn't, it, it didn't, didn't eat. Yeah. So, yeah. <gasps> I know. So I know. So I chose this because we didn't want to watch Stargate, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't spooky enough for us. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, and the acting was really good. I thought they yeah. chose some pretty good actors yeah. for this. It was random to me. Like It, it was. Because the Asian guy, you know, I forgot his name already, the yeah, actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's recognizable. The um, the the main family is, oh, the girl. Do you remember? Do you recognize the, the girl? Yes. Why do I know her? Who is she? Last Night in Soho. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love her voice. That's why, but I she's know not. Her. She doesn't have a British accent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, she's very like. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She was good. Yes. And then obviously, Hereditary is the, the kid, and the and boy. then the 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 guy who plays her brother when he's older, right, is um from Hereditary. From Hereditary. Yeah. Yes. yeah good actor. Exactly. And what Jumanji. You were and Jumanji. Yes. <laughs> but then they get even older, obviously. Yeah. And then the dad is famous too of or the 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 doctor, sorry, um, who loses his brain, his mental capacity. What's his name? Rufus Sewell. Yes. Yeah, he was good. He's uh in uh Knight's Tale. <laughs> there you go. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a good movie. A good so one. yeah. Crazy, crazy movie that like you just want to like figure everything out, right? Like you're like, what is going on? That's what just, that's how I felt this whole time. I'm like, what the F? Like what's yeah. happening? Yeah. And I liked watching it again. It was actually really fun. Yeah. It was, I, you know, I, I knew the concept of it because you told me about it. So I knew that they were going to be aging on the beach. Right. And I knew that they and the movie's were going to be called old. The movie's <laughs> called old. And I knew they were going to be stuck there, but right. I, you didn't really tell me much more than that. So it was yeah. really cool to see like, the whole story of it and because it's M. Night Shyamalan there's yes. always some twist and some yes. turns and, and the you personalities. never know where they're coming yeah. from and so it was quite interesting and yeah. quite cool good well and, yeah. oh so it's on HBO like we said if you have HBO yeah, free on HBO yeah um, and I could stitch to it yeah I, I was I definitely made my shawl yay. It, so yay oh good <laughs> so how many stitches would you give it I would give it I think it needs a higher stitch rating than 5.8 okay I think you know for me it's like a seven okay I yeah. see you yeah I'll, I'll stay with you seven hey. I was almost six and a half I was like no seven it was it was still pretty entertaining so yeah yeah, good movie. That was good. Yay! Yay! So uh, that means we recommend old. So. <laughs> <laughs> go watch old. Yep, go watch it. It was fascinating. Yeah. Oh, this was a fun episode. We I had a good time. Yeah, I had a great time. I am always speechless about this because there's so many questions and they can't come out of my mouth <laughs> and they get stuck in my brain. But I think it's so cool. Yes. It's like it's such a cool concept. Like, is it ancient aliens? How yeah. do we know how to? to do all of this stuff do we have are these portals real yeah <sighs> i think we i, I think there's got to be some some sort of truth behind there but again we don't know i mean 
any time that a similar story pops up in different parts of the world exactly in ancient times where they did not communicate with each other right how do they know how, how do to they do know? these things how are these stories yeah. and experiences so similar before i leave also yes. one last thing i wanted to say that i totally forgot to include was that in the ancient aliens and the portals and stargates like yeah. if you're looking at them there's some hieroglyphs in Egypt where there are pictures of helicopters uh-huh. and ships or um, planes and airplanes and things like that. Yeah. How? How? <laughs> that blew my mind. I'm like, there's no way that's not a helicopter. It looks exactly 100% like a yeah. helicopter. Yeah. Where the hell did that come from? Right? Yeah. So yeah. there you go. So who knows? Who knows? It's, it's crazy. It's just fascinating. Yep. Oh, this is such another fun episode. So if you guys enjoyed it, let us know. And we want to talk to you guys. And until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh